What's up, fellas? What's up, fellas? What's up, what's up, what's up? My name's Mike Watts. What's up, what's up? I'm the Lucha Preacher. And I'm Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. And this is our podcast, Reforming Manhood. The podcast where we talk life from a Christian male perspective. We sure do. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... You're getting ready to go on uh, vacation. That's gonna happen. In Florida? Hopefully, as you're listening to this, I'm I'm in Florida. Me uh, and Florida man gonna fight. With sand between your cheeks. Toes, not my cheeks. Probably both. It sand it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere, but I want it between my toes. <laughs> <laughs> if it gets between my cheeks, it gets there. You but should try. Nope. What? <laughs> no. It sounds real itchy. Whatever you're about to suggest, I'm going to end up with a rash. <laughs> I don't want to. I was just going to say you should try like a pina colada on the beach or... A Mai Tai? I've never had a Mai Tai. I don't know if you get those in Florida. Maybe I'll bring you one and you'll it'll be your tie. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll it see what I try. Like I just hope my wife gets a coconut bra, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, fellas? We have different life experiences. <laughs> I'm thinking I want to drink something from a coconut. Like a, like a drink. Like a dream. No, no, you're different. See, we have different experiences. What you, the married life and the single life are different. They're different. They're different. They're just different. All right. So, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a dope time. <laughs> Kids are staying here. Just being me, me and the wifey getting away. It's going to be good. Um, but we're not gone yet. So let's get into theology because theology matters. And that's the, that's the series. That's the name of the series. Yep. We've talked about God, God the Father. We've talked about Jesus. We talked about the Holy Spirit, we talked about people and sin, um, and last week we talked about salvation. Now, it's time to get to the nitty-gritty. Alright. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. We're talking about the Bible today. The Bible. The Bible. It is necessary food. Um, I like that description. I got that from uh, Paul E. Little's What We Believe book, um, he calls it necessary food, and he gets that from uh, Psalm 119. Um, check this out. Uh, let's just do 9 through a couple verses. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I will not sin against you. Um, again, this guy is is necessary. He needs the word of God. It is necessary food if he's going to be obedient if he's going to be a follower if he's going to continue walking he needs this book um Mm. he needs god's words yep um and we are the same way we need this book guys um and so that's what we want to start off with um the bible is necessary food belly up you know yeah (laughs) let's get you some i think uh just to be clear for everybody what are we talking about when we say the bible uh, we're talking about uh, the New Testament and the Old Testament. Um, the combination of bo- both six, books. Six books. Yep. 27 in the New Testament, the rest of the Old Testament. <laughs> I didn't do the math. Either. I'm not good at math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, uh, we, we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about um, the, uh, I guess, the Protestant Bible. Catholic Bible's different. They got extra books. We don't count those. All those right? aren't real. They're not real. Uh, <laughs> well, they're real. They're just not Scripture. Yeah, they're not authoritative. They're not, they're not scripture. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. They're they're good books. They're history books. They're whatever. But there's no power in them. Um, you, basically, they mixed in some uh, 
some history books with um and some crazy books and some crazy books in there with the holy inspired word of god and so so we don't do that all right to our catholic friends love you but uh but uh, you're wrong you're wrong on some of those books i think it's three maybe five books it's not a big difference but it's a difference it's not a lot i had a professor in college that wanted to include the book of tobit he reads it every year that's weird it's the one where the bird craps on the guy's eye and i don't know i've never read it sounds stupid you never read anything in the apocrypha I don't have time. I'm, like for, I'm like trying for to focus school? on the actual word like of God. Like for school or anything? Nah, I, I, uh, I passed. I, said, I took nah. a class on it. Nah, I don't got time for that. Intertestamental I, period. I get it. <laughs> I just have things to focus on, like the Bible. I get it. <laughs> I went to liberal. I went to liberal college. I yeah, get it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, um, so there's when we talk about the Bible, we talk about these four words. Uh, what is uh, what does your boy uh, Costi Hin say about? Oh well, I don't have his exact words. That's all right. You can but, paraphrase uh, him. Essentially, he says uh, it's no longer enough to find a church that is uh, is saying the Bible is inspired and uh, inerrant, but we need to find one that says it's authoritative and uh, sufficient. Sufficient. Yeah. So those big four words. That's when we talk about the Bible. We want to include all four of those words: um, inerrant, inspired, sufficient, authoritative. Mm. All right. So so when we talk about inerrant, the Bible is inerrant. What are we saying? Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no errors. There's no errors. There's hundred percent. No errors. That's right. It's perfect. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, this book is hundred percent. Um, and so, so people are going to then start with that, right? Um, you know, skeptics are going to look and dig for things that are, that are off. Um, that yeah. aren't quite right. Um, and, uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Um, I, and I, I will say, I, I usually give this caveat, um, it may be an insurance policy of mine that I picked up along the way, but the Bible, as it was originally written, is 100% inerrant. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, that would mean it, it may, may be circular thinking, circular talking. If you do happen to find a weird, um, you know, error, I would say, well, it's not in the original. <laughs> that's that's how yeah. I would that's how I would cover yeah, that I think, base. I think most people would go to uh, strange things like uh, – the end of Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I don't know, things like that to say, well, this is what your Bible says. Do you believe it or not? Well, some of that's not in original manuscripts. Yeah, um, yeah so let's calm down a little. Let's yeah. not try to base our whole theology on things that may or may not have even been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a questionable verse about holding snakes. Like, yeah. like calm down, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but but yeah, if you, you, you're going to proper believing proper theology says this book is inerrant it doesn't have any errors um yeah and it's 100 percent um we also say it's inspired when we talk about inspired what do we mean by inspired there trev uh inspired comes from i believe it's second timothy three sixteen. is that right first timothy second timothy second timothy that all scripture is theanustas Ooh, Ooh, excuse yeah. me oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I like it when you when Sorry, my redneck spanish, friend spanish announce table over here <laughs> Redneck friend speaks Greek once, <laughs> once a week. Uh, it's a uh, God breathed. Yeah, say it again. Theonustas. Theo. 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 That's God. It's God. Yep. Nustas. Mm. <laughs> it's breathed. That's right. <laughs> and you know what? God, I don't know all Greek, but I know a little. God's it's all Greek to me. God's though. breath is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's inspired. Um, it's God breathed. It is. It comes from the very breath of. God Almighty, it's inspired. Um, 
And so when we talk about God's word, we, we, we see that, uh, because it is inspired, um, you can't just read this book like a book. Um, it's, if you just study this for literature, you can. In fact, there's a guy, um, what's his name? Jordan, uh, P- Peterson. Yeah, that's something right. Jordan Peter. Peter, Justin Peters? Jo- no, Justin, Jor- Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah Jordan Peterson. Um, he's he's probably one of the smartest people in the world, right? He's pretty smart. Um, he uh, he does philosophy. He does the humanities. Um, super smart guy. He studied Cain and Abel. He says it's like four verses of the of scripture. And this smart guy, not a Christian, said it's inexhaustible. He said you can't dig to the bottom of this. Um, as just as he tried to read, as he tried to read this book as a book, um, this is God's word. It is God breathed. Yeah. And so it takes a little bit different approach to get what you're supposed to get out of it. Yeah. It says, uh, uh, to continue in second Timothy, it says uh, all scriptures, God breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking and training in righteousness. That's right. That's what it's for. Um, yeah. teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Um, this isn't a science textbook, but you know what's cool? There's some stuff in here that science discovered, discovered later. Um, yeah. Uh, talking about the, the spheres of the earth back when they believed it was round. Um, mm. Talked about the earth revolving around the sun back before that's what we thought happened. You know, And so it's recording facts, so there's going to be some factual things in there. Um, but this isn't for that. It's for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Yep. Um, so yeah, God's word is inerrant, inspired. Most churches that I would say are diet churches, they'll, they'll, like you said, agree to that, right? Yeah. But yeah, of course it's God's word. We believe it's inerrant. It's inspired. Um, the next two is where the rubber meets the road, right? Yeah. Um, like, is it sufficient and authoritative? Yeah. Yeah. So, Some, uh, I would say Andy Stanley does not believe scripture is sufficient. Right, 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 right. So when we talk about it's sufficient, what do we mean? Sufficient that it's, um, I guess, I mean, a sufficient would be enough. Yeah, it's like, enough. It's yeah. enough. But uh, there's things that people believe they have to not add to scripture, but that scripture doesn't work in, uh, I don't know, I guess what Second Timothy 3 would say, that it's profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't say that scripture is enough to do that thing, those things. Yes, yeah. and that scripture needs them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Basically then what they're saying, their creativeness, their yeah. whatever. Yeah. Their style, their pizzazz, their whatever. Um, and so uh, and we see this and we, we can call out an Andy Stanley um, in his lack of su- sufficiency for scripture because he admits that there are weeks that he te- that he'll have a sermon with no scripture in it. Yeah. Meaning scripture is not sufficient. It's not enough to have scripture, um, but he needs to draw out this. This one nugget for two weeks, three weeks before getting to scripture. Yeah. Um, as if God's word needed a primer. Um, yeah. And he's the only primer that's good enough out there. You yeah. Know? And he would go to things like, uh, or and he, and he would even say things. Here's the thing with people who don't believe scripture is sufficient. They typically fall off the bandwagon in inerrant and inspired. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah you, you Andy can, Stanley has done. You can make... Um, what do you call it? Um, you can say it, but when it, when the rubber meets the road, you actually don't believe it because we see how it plays out in your life. Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah. When people start making statements like, well, you're right. I don't know if, uh, if, uh, 
the walls of Jericho actually fell. Well, the Bible says that they actually fell. Yeah, so let's move on about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is this, in, is this inspired and inerrant or not? Yeah. Um, yeah. And because he fails in his sufficiency and he thinks that people need need him or need explaining, need a preacher to um, expound on it for weeks at a time before, you know, your unsaved person can actually get the word of God, you're, you're adding to. It's not, yeah. you're, you're saying scripture is insufficient. <laughs> yeah. And that's not what the Bible teaches about the Bible. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, so when we believe the Bible, we're talking about it being necessary food, that it's inerrant. It's hundred percent. It's inspired. This is God breathed and it is sufficient. It's enough. You know what I don't need? I don't need to go hunt down prophecies or have dreams or I don't, I don't need anything else because God's word is sufficient. Mm. Um, and so, so we need to treat this book that way, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It needs to be authoritative in our lives. Authoritative is the final one. This is the authority. Um, this book says it, that's it. It's settled. Um, you know how I know that uh, racism is wrong? Because the Bible teaches that. I don't need I don't need somebody telling me which lives matter and don't. The Bible teaches that. You know how I know murder is wrong? Because the Bible teaches that. You know how I can stand against abortion? I don't need a uterus. I have a Bible. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and so, so I, it's the authority in my life, not experience, not. Um, not someone else. It's this book. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, I think people, people fail to see this. Uh, they'll think, they'll think, well, well, I guess they fail to see it as God's words. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, uh, so, uh, what is it? Psalm 138 verse two says, uh, this is what he says about his words. It says, I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to all your name. Some translations even say he's uh, he's uh, even raised his, his word above his name. Mm. Um, yeah, he's magnified his word above his name there. That's that's what we need to see. So, so the name of God, um, we go to Philippians 2, at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. Um, and... His name is powerful enough to drop knees, and his word is above that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, he's he's he has a high he has a high view of his words. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and so so should we. Us as his people should have a high regard for his word as well. Yeah, um, um, and uh, and that's what uh, that's what we're trying to encourage in people. At the end of the day, if you get the authoritative right, the other ones fall in line. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but if you pick away at the other ones, there's no way you land on on his word being authoritative. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you question whether there's errors in this book, well then you can obey or not, right? <laughs> if you if you question whether God really said it, if you question whether it's enough, then it's not going to be authoritative. Um, and the end mm -hmm. of the in line, that's what this book is. It's it's our only authority. I don't need tradition of man. I don't need I don't need a word from the Lord um, from some preacher i need god's word yeah. i need to open this book yeah this is uh and we also don't need like to look at government as our authority either yeah but, yeah no no i've got god's word yeah <laughs> we have uh we have examples of uh apostles saying no i'm gonna obey god yeah 
because he is authority in our life. Yeah. And so that brings us to the reading of scripture, the wielding of this sword, right? Mm. Um, and I've seen, uh, there's, there's two ways, um, we could talk about that. Sorry, I just broke my leg. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, there's exegesis and there's eisegesis. All right. So help us out with some, some, some Bible words there, Trev. So I have the Google definition here. Delicious. Exegesis says, uh, so I have to look at my thing weird when I read. Uh, exegesis says critical explanation or interpretation of a text, especially of scripture. All right. So that means we take what it says. Um, we run it through who said it. We get the context and the meaning from where it was stated stated. And then we bring it to us in this time and land and apply it there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Tom Buck, who we love. Love Tom Buck. Five point Buck on Twitter is his name. <laughs> I love that. But he says, uh, the text can never mean to us what it never meant to the original audience. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's uh, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we go to what it originally means first, filter that through the life death and resurrection of christ and then apply it to us yeah so when we read scripture we want to exegete it we want to know what it meant so we can know what it means we don't want to eisegete scripture eisegete this one is foolish um it says the interpretation of a text by reading into it one's own ideas Mm. so we that's actually starting with us and using scripture to back up what you think say or do yeah, uh, and you don't want to do that, guys. We don't want to use scripture. Um, we don't want to come up with something and then dig scripture up to back up what we just said. Um, yeah. that's backwards. That's wrong. That's abusing this book. Um, it needs to be the other way around. Um, and I, and I see so many young young guys thinking that's how we're supposed to come up with a sermon or a Bible study. Is here's what I think. Let me go hunt down Bible verses that back it up. Mm. It's like, dude, no, 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 let's not do it that way. <laughs> yeah. Let's go find us a, a piece of scripture and let's explain what scripture is saying. Uh, yeah. And let's do it that way. Um, and so, and that's, that's the big difference. And so um, we, we want to recognize that this is necessary food and it's inerrant, inspired, sufficient, authoritative. And so if it is those things, let's read it rightly um, through exegeting it. Let's, let's find out what it meant so we know what it means. Um, and so, so let's talk about the four rules for interpreting scripture. All right. Four simple rules. You guys, if you're out there, you're reading your Bible, you're like, all right, I, I, I come across something weird. What do I do with this? Um, first thing you need to know is that scripture interprets scripture. Mm. When we say that, what do we mean there, Trev? Um, well, that means, uh, uh, let me think of an example. Uh, Oh, that, I was thinking of context. Scripture interprets scripture, I guess, is uh, that, uh, yeah, I keep thinking of context. Um, we're not going to try to use our own, I guess, our own thinking, our own ideas to try to interpret what yeah, scripture yeah, yeah, yeah. means. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, so let's go to like one of the Gospels um, where um, Jesus resurrected, right? Um and we read, uh, we read that there was an angel in one of the, one of the gospels says there was an angel named Gabriel there. And he said, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool, 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 cool. That's, that's what we got. Um, then you read one of the other gospels and it says two angels stood outside the tomb. Um, and it doesn't name either one of them. And you say, ah, look, I found an error. 
right? There's that inerrancy problem. Well, mm-hmm. no, because Scripture interprets Scripture. So there were two. One of them was named Gabriel, right? There could, they can both still be right. One just had a little less detail. And to get the full picture, we need to use both passages. Gotcha. So like uh, we talked about uh, whenever, uh, I think it's in the Old Testament, there's like a war or something. And maybe it's like First Samuel, Second Samuel, First King, one of those where it says an exact number. But then you go to Colossians, and it's like, there was thousands of people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, yeah, we're, Which we're one is on. it? Which yeah. one is it? Yeah. It can be both. It can be both. <laughs> uh, another good one for Scripture, interpreting Scripture, is is I hear people say this this verse in Isaiah all the time. When someone's sick, they'll say, by by his stripes you have been healed. And so they're saying, by Jesus' you know, beating before going to the cross, you're no longer sick. But no, 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 let me read Scripture and not jump to me here 2000 years later. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and by, by his stripes where he's healed, he's talking about, uh, from our transgressions, from our sin. And so the verse is not talking about being healed from a sickness, but being healed from sin. So we have to go to scripture and let scripture interpret scripture and not what we're thinking ahead of time. So, yeah. All right. So rule one, scripture interprets scripture. When you're reading your Bible, remember scripture interprets scripture. Don't jump straight to what does this mean to me? Right. Um, context interprets scripture is rule two. Yeah, that means uh, that means we're going to look at what's going on around the text that we're reading. Good. What happened before, yeah. what happened after, and where does this fit in the grand scheme of what we're reading? Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's it exactly. And so whenever we look at uh, let's let's go Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Okay, let's do this is uh, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. To plans give, to prosper you, not to harm you, and give you hope give, and a hope future. Hope in a future. Oh man, that feels real good. Oh yeah, it feels great. I'm gonna make a shirt of that. That's not for you, but but I, I hope in the future. But that's not for you. But but God knows that's for the people of Israel. But but he that knows. was a word from Jeremiah. But that was a word from God through Jeremiah to the people of Israel. Oh, but so so I have I don't have a hope or a future. Not like that. You don't. <laughs> that's right. That was a promise to the people of Israel. That he had a hope and a plan for them. As they're going into exile, they've been promised a hope. Exile is not the end. That's right. There's a hope and a future for them coming in the person of Jesus. That's right. And so, so if we're going to continue that that way of thinking, look at context, and now interpret that to us, um, this world is not all we have, right? Um, and so, so um, that can be a hope to us. That can be a purpose. As life sucks, because just like God was with them through their garbage, he's with us, right? And so, um, but we can't skip straight to, I don't have to worry about my test tomorrow because I got a hope in the future, you know? <laughs> oh, that's it's not terrible reading of scripture. That's not what it's there for, you know? All right, so next one, uh, next rule, uh, let me review real quick. Scripture interprets scripture, context inter- interprets scripture. Next is intent interprets scripture. Um, for this one, I often will go to uh, David and Bathsheba, right? Oh, I was uh, David and Bathsheba. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because uh, there's an obscure passage in there where it says they were together, right? Um, in a biblical sense, biblically they were together. And so, if I just pluck that one verse, and I see that a married man is with an unmarried woman, ah, adultery is okay. Hmm. That is not the intent of that passage. Nope. Is to say they had adultery 
And if you keep reading, they suffered for it. Um, yeah. And it was sin, and it broke David's heart, and it killed Bathsheba's baby. Um, and so that's not the intent of Scripture to to pull out the actually the opposite of what it's saying there. Yeah, there's a meme. I was going to see if I could just pull it up real quick because it's hilarious. But it's one of those uh, it's one of the encouraging calendar things. Uh-huh. You know? Have you seen that? Uh-uh. And uh, uh, it's like one of those daily verses where you take it off and it has the next day or whatever. And it says, uh, uh, all of these things will be given to you if you bow down to me. And it says, the meme says, far less encouraging when you actually know who said it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was Satan talking to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the intent interprets scripture. Gotcha. Um, I thought you were going to say David and David and Goliath. Like, you're not David. Yeah, you, you know, can like do that. Like Chandler says. You can do that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right. And then the so the yeah, quick review. Scripture interprets scripture. Context interprets scripture. The intent interprets scripture. And then finally, the clear interprets the obscure. Mm. That's that's what we're talking about with that Mark passage. Um, you know, talking about holding up snakes and you'll get bit, get bit and not be stung or whatever. Um, that's a pretty obscure passage. It's only written one time, and so we don't want to we don't want to make a whole belief system around one obscure verse. Yeah, um, and we can we can get some truth out of that and that's fine you know Mm -hmm. god is over even the venom that comes out of a snake and we see that in acts when that adder doesn't kill paul right yeah yeah. he shakes it off into the fire so yeah god's in charge that but but you know what i'm not going to do is go pick up snakes because they're the devil (laughs) (laughs) that much is clear in the bible yeah Yeah, this is these are the kind of rules we should use when reading things like revelation yeah yeah you read you read in this crazy book revelation um, let's start with scripture interpreting scripture. Let's get the context. Let's get the intent, um, and then let's let's find the clear that it, that uh, interprets the obscure. Yep. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So finally, um, let's talk about how we're going to actually read our Bible in a day to day, trying to grow in righteousness by by reading this book. Um, last summer, my boys and I we did a we did a lot of mowing. Um, we had three or four different yards we mowed and they, they made some money. It was a good time, but they learned quickly. They, we had to load the back of the pickup very specifically. Mm. Um, so if they put the gas cans in first and then the, the weed eaters, um, and then, um, the tools and then tried to get the two big mowers in there, it didn't, didn't fit. That makes sense. Yeah. You got to start with the big things, get the two mowers in there and then start working everything else around it. Um, so when we read our Bible, we've got some some big things we want to get in that pickup first, um, and then we get the smaller things in there around it. Same way, so that it'll fit and we can move on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't we don't just start with Scripture by reading something and saying, "Okay, I think this means." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's a bad, a bad idea. Bad, bad idea. You just you just everything's gonna have to work around that crazy you know toolbox you just threw in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's eisegesis. Yeah, yeah. So um, so when I read my Bible. I've read my morning scripture. The first question I normally ask is, what do I learn about God? Oh, yeah. Let's get the real big things in yeah, first. Yeah, that's who this is about. So mm-hmm. let's get that in there first. Um, and so so I, I just read 10 verses, and I'm going to ask myself what I learn about God. Yeah, we're going to look at this text, and we're going to say, what does this tell us about the Father? What's it tell us about the Son? What's it tell us about the Holy Spirit? Yeah. What's it tell us about how the Trinity communicates to one another, how they communicate to us. Yeah. What uh, what does it learn? What do we learn about how God is working in the lives of people and all, all kinds of things like that? Yep. 
asking what is just what does this tell us about God? Yeah, that's that's the first big piece you got to get in that pickup if you're going to load this book and, and get on down the road. Um, what do we learn about God? So the next question I ask is what what do I learn about man? Yeah, um, yeah. This so, uh, this that this, that should definitely come after. Uh, what do we learn about God? Yeah, and part of that is uh, talking about what are we uh, what do we learn about like man from the original audience. Man. Yeah, exactly. Let's get let's get those people in mind, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you read something obscure out of Colossians that, or out of uh, you know First Corinthians that talks about. Um, you know, make sure you have your your head covered. Okay, what does that mean? Do I need to go get me a beanie, a yarmulke, or what? Yeah. Uh, and so, so let's what let's learn who those men were. Yeah. And what that means, and then then move forward. Or, or I mean, like Matthew twenty four. Was yeah, yeah. Matthew original 24. audience. Jesus. Says everybody's that. everybody's mm-hmm. talking about that like it's in times, but when you read it, he says what. He says, this generation. This generation will not so, pass till things are done. What did this passage mean for this generation? The ones he's looking at, eye to eye. Yeah. you got to take that in consideration. And, and that makes it real awkward when when you start with your Left Behind book and then go to the passage. Then go to this passage. It doesn't yeah. work out. Take that, Tim um, LaHaye. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when we read Scripture, what do we learn about God? What do we learn about man? It, and then we want to get into some some application, right? Yeah, like, uh, is there a sin to avoid in this passage? Yeah, what's going on in here? Wh- who screwed up? Mm-hmm. And uh, and let me be honest and see me as the screw up, yeah. right? And, yeah, and learn just, from that. Let's just go ahead and be real and say, you're not David. You're the scared Israelites. That's right. That's right. Um, so we have sin to avoid. We have a, a promise to claim, right? Yeah, there, there could be promises in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we want to we want to look for promises that, that yeah. Jesus has made to His people, yeah, um, and uh, see where where those fit in. Yep, um, we want to look for an example to follow. That's right. There there could be someone in there that's that's being what we want to be. You yeah. know, I mean, like who, who do we want to emulate? Yeah. Paul saying he has a thorn in the flesh. Yeah, uh, or Job saying, even though God has taken everything from me, Lord gives and Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of Blessed the Lord. Blessed be the name. Of, uh, that's my example, right? Um, and yeah. so we want to be those examples or, uh, you know, when, uh, when Jesus, uh, he heals, he heals someone and, and it says, and everybody praised his name. Like, Oh, I want to be part of everybody. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I, w- I want to make sure to praise him for the, the things he's done, you know? Yeah. And uh, then looking at seeing if there's a command that we should obey. That's yeah. That's another big part of a big question. You got to get that in there. Um, where do I need to be obedient? Um, mm-hmm. how does this book need, need to change me? And then, uh, and then I always try to wrap up my time with, I will fill in the blank, right? Like yeah. now, now, because I read those 10 verses, I've learned about God. I've learned about man. I've got sin and promises, examples and, and, and a challenge. What am I going to do with this now? Mm. Um, and be changed by this book. And that's yeah. why I say this book is different, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like reading a VCR manual <laughs> or a, a novel. Like this should change me or, or my, uh, my HelloFresh uh, box that gives me instructions on how to cook things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do what I want to with that thing. <laughs> Those right. are my ingredients. <laughs> it's my ingredients. You don't want bell pepper? Leave out bell pepper. That's right. That's not how we read this book, though. No, no, no. no. This is authoritative. Yep, it's in charge, and we 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 got to do it. Um, so yeah. So hopefully that helps, fellas. Um, this book is important. Um, if you struggle with reading it, I get it. I've been there. Uh, we've got plenty of little helps we can help you with. So reach out. Um, 
We, we want to help get this inerrant, inspired, sufficient book into the authority of your life. So let us help. Yeah, and get some good commentaries. That's right. <laughs> Sweet. All right, fellas. Um, man, that's that's what we got. If you guys have, guys have questions, hit us up on the Facebooks. Um, we'd love to uh, walk with you through this and add value to your life. Yep. Sweet. My name is Mike Watt. I'm the Lucha Preacher. And I'm Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. You guys be sweet and show Jesus later. Later. later.